Have you ever thought about starting your own podcast? Let me fill you in on a little secret called Anchor. Anchor is the platform I've been using. It is so easy. It's free to use. And it has everything you need to make a podcast all in one place. You can record and edit directly into the app, and they'll even distribute your podcast for you everywhere that podcasts are listened to. So Spotify, Apple, um, just pretty much anywhere you can think that you would want to distribute your podcast, they'll hook you up. Um, They even make it easy to make money from your podcast by offering up different partnership opportunities, and you can track all of that good stuff within the app. So if you've ever thought about making your own, now is the time to do it. Just download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Again, that's the Anchor app or anchor.fm to start your own podcast today. You're not always going to find the perfect thing, find the perfect job, find the perfect man, find all of the perfect things right off the bat. And when you do, the problem with that is that's perfect for that time. And so what ends up happening is as you grow and change, you grow out of those things. Welcome to the Big Kid Problems podcast based on the comedic social channel all about not wanting to be an adult. I'm your host, the writer, creator, and pretty normal human being behind Big Kid Problems, Sarah Merrill. Now, I've spent the last almost decade making jokes about entering the adult world, and as I've gotten older, I've realized that no matter what your age is, we all have Big Kid Problems. So each week, we will take a funny yet informative look at a specific Big Kid Problem, break it down with our roundtable panel, then have on an expert to help us solve our problem of the week. From love and relationships, career, money, physical and mental health, bad decisions, and just general life responsibilities, nothing is off limits. So thank you so much for joining me as we navigate adulthood together. Sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Welcome to the first ever episode of the Big Kid Problems podcast. My name is Sarah Merrill. I am the writer and creator of Big Kid Problems, and I am so excited to have you here. Whether you've been following Big Kid Problems on Instagram, or maybe you heard about it through a friend, maybe you just stumbled on this podcast randomly. I don't know. Um, All I do know is that we are going to have a lot of fun. So thank you, thank you, thank you so much for tuning in. All right, so the name of this first episode is called What the Fuck is a Big Kid Problem? So I wanted to give you a little bit of background about me and kind of how this whole Big Kid Problems thing started. Um, Let me take you back a couple years uh, into my senior year of college. Uh, I was getting ready to graduate, and I started Big Kid Problems as an anonymous Twitter account. Uh, I I was procrastinating, obviously. And um, getting ready to graduate and just kind of started telling jokes about not understanding how the adult world worked. People liked it. You know, people in my college campus um, started to follow it. And it got a little bit popular. I mean, not that exciting, but enough that I was encouraged to keep going. Um, So that is what I did. And Big Kid Problems really became a hobby for me. And I just started talking about um, my daily struggles um, as a college grad and going into the workforce. Shortly after graduating, I moved to New York City. As you can imagine, that's when shit got real. <laughs> um, you know, I I had no job, uh, no real money, and was really struggling those first few years. So I did have a lot of content. And um, through that, you know, I, I, I started getting 
connected with people or people were reaching out and saying like, oh my God, you know, thank you. I just want to do the same thing or, oh, this just happened to me. And I realized it made me feel a lot better. And I realized that we're all kind of going through struggles and the more we talk about it and the more we can connect about it, the better we all feel at the end of the day. So that's kind of how this whole concept started. And secretly, I mean, I've always been telling these jokes and I've always kept it pretty light on um, Instagram and on social media, but secretly I've always really wanted to dive in a little bit deeper and actually give some resources, share some wisdom um, and some things uh, around some of the struggles that we talk about. You know, because I know when I was really going through things or when I, you know, something bad happened or I really had like a struggle, uh, I wish there was a platform that I could turn to that was keeping it real and honest and actually giving some like real practical life advice. So that's what I wanted to create in this. And I mean, I am definitely no expert on anything, but I do bring in people who are experts, who are smarter than me, who can help us solve big problems every week. And then um, I can at least kind of help guide uh, conversations or things around uh, the struggles that I've already been through. So in that, I like to think of myself as like your 20-something Sherpa. Um, So for this first week, our expert I will be bringing in is Dr. Paige Barasa. She's going to break down for us why we feel so lost in young adult life and why that's okay. Um, she'll also give us some practical tools uh, to help us weather some of those struggles or, you know, some of the things that we go through when we're not, when we're still figuring our lives out, which I think everybody can relate to. And with every week, you know, because we're going to keep it informative, but we're also going to keep it funny and we're going to keep it fun. So I will kick off every episode with a roundtable discussion. Sometimes I'll have comedians on. Sometimes I'll have personalities on. Sometimes I'll just have like really funny, awesome people on. But for this week, for this first episode, I knew I had to bring in two people that really understood uh, big kid problems to its core. And that's why I have on for you Lauren Workus and Lindsay Hubbard of Bravo TV's The Summer House. I don't know if you guys have caught this show before, but it's a reality show on Bravo all about a real group of friends that go out to the Hamptons every summer and um, have fun. I guess we'll just put a period at the end of that sentence. Um, but they all uh, know a thing or two about big kid problems. And they're actually two of my really good friends, and they've inspired a lot of big kid problems through the years. So they were two natural choices to kick this off for me. And one last little housekeeping note before we kick things off with our panel. Um, We recorded these panel discussions all season long in all types of rooms all across the country. So I apologize if the audio is sometimes a little bit wonky in some of these larger rooms. Um, I hope you can be patient with me. This is my first time doing a podcast, so I'm still learning too. Uh, But if you can get past that, I think you guys will really enjoy this episode and the season in general. So with that, stick around and we will be right back with our first panel. All right. Welcome back to the Big Kid Problem podcast. I am joined now by my two lovely ladies. I have Lauren Workus and Lindsay Hubbard. You may recognize them from Bravo TV's Summer House. Hey, guys. Hi. Hi. But what you might not know is that these are actually two of my best girlfriends ever from New York. We go way back. Way, way back. And (laughs) they've actually inspired a lot of Big Kid Problems themselves. So I don't know if we should be proud of that. <laughs> uh, last two weeks of dating. Yeah. Alone. <laughs> yeah. No, but it seemed only right to have you two on as my first 
roundtable guests because, you know, we've just been through so much together. We can oh write a God. book. Well, thanks for having us. Of yes. course. And um, right now, let's do a little cheers. We have our unofficial our unofficial sponsor, One Hope Wine, right now. Cheers. 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 So every time we drink, this is actually planting a tree, you guys. We're giving back. I love that. Doing good and getting drunk. (laughs) I love it. All right. So this is our first episode ever. And I really want to talk about, you know, what Big Kid Problems is. Obviously, you guys know, you know, coming out of college is really when these Big Kid Problems start off. What were some of these, like the biggest gut checks you had kind of entering adult life? I mean, I think for me, when I first moved to New York after college, it was hard to understand, like, not par- going out and partying like we did in college. And then, like, like on a Monday, I have to show have up to go and to go work. to work. <laughs> so true. Like, you can show up hungover to class, but right. do the work is, is not the same. Different, I think it's harder to be hungover at work and to pretend like you're doing something than it is to just, like, actually do the work. But, like, sometimes <laughs> you just can't do the work when you're hungover. I think for me, it was more like college was, like, this, like, four years of, like, you had, like, a path. And then when it was over, it was sort of like this uncertain road. And I don't think I was prepared for like that feeling of like, okay, what am I actually going to do with my life now? And so it took me a little time to like figure that out. I think like, you know, going to class is one thing. It's like easy. You go, you get the grade. But finding like a career or like getting into a job that you actually like like and, you know, you can see yourself doing. I don't know if college, I was really prepared for that getting out of college. That is such a good point, Lauren. Because that's the thing is in school, you have like a track. Yeah. Like people are like, okay, you have to do this, this, and this to get here. And exactly. then you get out of school and you're like, uh. Yeah, I'm like, wait, what am I supposed to do now? <laughs> so I think that like in college, I wish I would have like spent a little bit more time of like, okay, what what is it actually going to look like when I get out? Like, you know, I think for Lindsay, maybe you kind of always knew you were going to be in PR, but like, I didn't know like what I want. I just, I was like, I'm going to be a businesswoman. But like, what does that mean? <laughs> like, that's what I was like, you know, and I'm I studied finance, I studied yeah. finance in college and it was just like, I don't know what I'm doing. And like, I obviously found my way and I worked in finance now, but it's, it was like a weird transition period. And I think that like, there needs to be like a prep for that. Right. Like that for weird transition sure. period. I was like figuring like, that out. Moving to New York, the rents are so expensive. Oh. And I, and like, I could afford maybe a thousand dollars a month. So I wound up living with this girl. She had a reverse loft apartment. And What's a reverse loft? Like instead of going, you walk in, instead of going up the stairs and there's a bedroom up the stairs, the bedroom was down the stairs. Oh. And she had two cats and I swear to God, they terrorized me. Oh my God, I like, hate cats. They would scratch me. They would pee on my bed. Yeah. Like they hated but me. But that's no. the rent that you could afford, That's right? the only thing I could afford. Yeah. I think that like the reality check of like the, like, the lifestyle that you had in college with your parents helping you pay for things or like, you know, it was just cheap rent in college, like was cheap. And then you come to New York city and it's like, you're working, you're paying all your own bills. It's there it's was a slap lot. in the face. I think like, oh, but for sure. Budgeting was a big thing for me. Like I definitely overspent the first year that I moved to New York and like, I had to figure it out and you just like start to like, really like, you know, where's the $19, $19.99 manicure pedicure and right. like the $40 wine. Right. It's so I just, I think they're all like really good life lessons, but sometimes I'm like, God, why did I have to go through that? (laughs) Yeah. That's another good point too. Just like the lifestyle backtrack. Yeah. Like, I think it's funny. I I feel like I lived a certain way in college where like, you know, I could buy a cute outfit to go out and like, I didn't, or like go out to dinner with friends because you kind of had like, 
you had income at least you, yeah. you weren't spending like a ton of money on rent your yeah. your right. housing like was kind of covered that you could just use for fun yeah so it took a long time I, especially for me I think it was like four years into working I'm like wow I finally have the same lifestyle I did when I was like 19 it's so true <laughs> it's so true it's like a reverse it's like you go revert backwards yeah it is it is that's one of the biggest things I think for me it's so hard you know what another big one for me was too um just getting a job in general I kind of thought like yeah. it would be a lot easier I'm like I'm great you know I'm skilled I'm yeah. coming out here <laughs> like, I, I graduated you know I I'm so gonna get a job so easily and then I just got doors slammed in my face it's so true and like yeah. I thought I feel like I think we all just take for granted like oh these are the things that are gonna happen like oh I'm gonna go to college I'm gonna get a job I'm gonna like have a family and it's like wait that's not really how it all goes down <laughs> no. um I think definitely like finding a job was way harder than I imagined we also I think like our age like graduated at a time like when the economy was down and right. like I don't think any of us were prepared for that. No, no. we all thought it was going to be like a prosperous time and like oh we're going to go and get the job and we're it's going to be easy. Yeah, and you moved to New York because you're like I'm going to go be a professional. Yes. I'm going to have a you know I'm going to be a big girl and you know work in like a professional like <laughs> job and setting. And then you're making literally my first job out of college. I was making twenty eight thousand a year, and you can't live in New York Ooh. off twenty eight thousand in PR. It sucks. Mine was so, forty, and I thought that was low. No, it was bad. <laughs> so then I'm going to like find second jobs as a bartender at yeah. different bars around town, which is like so smart. I have to supplement. Yeah, I was yeah. going to ask you guys what was your first job in New York. Mine actually was working for so random, but working for. Like I said, internship, it was for Damon John. I worked in like his marketing, but it was like. That's pretty legit. Well, yeah. It was not legit because it was like, we got a paycheck, like not every week. Oh. And it was sort of like, you were doing like the most random tasks. And like, you know, when you get out of college, like you think it's going to be like a professional gig. And like, here I am, like, you know, like going on coffee runs and like doing like the most like administrative tasks that like you did like in high school. So I'm like, this is so like, I feel backwards. Yeah. But it was an experience. And then my first, like, real gig, I worked at a, I did, worked in, like, finance at, like, a beauty brand. And it was not gl- glamorous at all. And the salary was low. And, you know, Subway was, like, my lunch every day. The $5, like, foot long. I'm, like, not lying. Like, <laughs> I had no money. I was broke. Like, paying rent was my goal. Like, going out to the food was, like, going to Subway. That's true. I think yeah. that was another, like, big gut check for me coming out of school was just how much things cost. Like, how much it costs to live, yeah. you know? Like, it's crazy. I feel like I spent all my money on just, like, rent, having a phone, yeah. and then eating. And I'm like, wait a second. Like, yeah. the, my whole paycheck's gone. Yeah. What? Yeah. yeah. And you can't, I mean, you you can't really get highlights when you want to get highlights. Oh, yeah. Like, that's, and that hurts. For all of us, we're blondes. Yeah. So it's, we were, like, having roots. I'm like, I, I, I budgeted for that. I found, <laughs> I found that guy with for the... The cheapest highlights in town. I was like, don't do a blowout. I won't pay for that. Just give me the color. Slap the color on my head. <laughs> Wait, what's funny is I still go to that same guy. I'm sorry, but he's legit. Don't get the blowout. <laughs> you still don't get the blowout. No. What was your first one job? Day, one day. One day I'll get the blowout. My first job was a PR firm, a boutique PR firm, but I was representing like really big brands like between like all the clubs in New York and my first event actually I had like it was Jermaine Dupri's birthday so him and Janet Jackson came I'm like running the red carpet yeah so cool like I graduated two days ago that's like, amazing I'm like this at is least nuts. you had some perks to your job so, right like there's a trade-off I think you start to learn that like when you're that age you're like I gotta find something that has some advantages <laughs> yeah yeah when you're making 28,000 yeah. like, at least I'm having some fun <laughs> That's true. And then you post the photos on Instagram and everyone thinks, or before, this is before yeah, Instagram. Literally, this is like a Facebook this album. This is 10 years ago. <laughs> yeah. yeah. 
to make it seem like you're living this like really glamorous life. Yeah, I definitely think when I first moved to New York, people thought I was like living the dream. Yeah. Similar. What was your first job? Well, my first like actual paid job um, for anybody who is familiar with New York City, um, I was a beer girl at um, the beer hall at the Standard. That kind of sounds like a great gig. It was the worst <laughs> job. <laughs> Ever. Wait, were you like giving like pretzels to people or like? <laughs> no, giving, I was a but why was that so bad? Okay, for people who don't know what the Standard Beer Garden is, it's like this big. It's at the Standard Hotel, which is like a beautiful hotel, and the beer garden is awesome. It's a really fun place to go. It's like a little take on Oktoberfest kind of. Yeah, it looks like an Oktoberfest in New York City, and they give you a really cute uniform. Like I was like all into the. How uniform. come I never saw you do this? I knew. I know. This is before we met. This is before really? we met. This is like right when I moved. Oh my god. Of this. Yeah. You know, I was actually thinking about this the other day. I don't know if I do, which is so I sad. I'll bring back too many you, bad memories. Should we, should we do this for Halloween, guys? <laughs> Whoa, I think we have an, yeah. an idea, Bruin. Yeah. I'm going to dress as Sarah Merrill 10, <laughs> 10 years ago. Did you make tips at least? Okay, so here's why it sucked so bad. Is I didn't realize, so you have these big liter beers and you're filling up two at a time. <laughs> and I'm like literally like out of college, like 118 pounds with two liter beers. And my, I had, it was back-breaking labor. <laughs> you were like, you were like manual labor. You were literally like hunchback, like giving people <laughs> hunchback of hunchback of standard beer garden. <laughs> literally, I feel like shaking and spilling beer. Oh it would be the beer would be like all I, foam. I would have needed the Xanax to go to work because I would have the biggest anxiety attack. Like I would have freaked out. Like, yeah, no, I would get off work and just go home and lay down for like two days and like wake up and do it all over again. And I was in physical pain. And then like they split tips between everybody at the standard beer garden, so I'd make like sixty. You're like, a day. You're like, I just broke my back for $60. Yeah. yeah. And oh I buy God. a foot long and like, yeah, you know, see? something else and it was it gone. It was gone. Was so it, sad. I mean, uh, the sacrifices you have to make. Hey, really? I will say it's all part of the story, right? Oh, yeah. It, it, it makes you appreciate how far you've come. That's true. Speaking of how far we come. Okay, so that's another, I think, a funny thing with Vicky Problems is you think about when I was 20 thinking about what I thought I'd be doing right now at like 30. Oh. What do you think, What? where did you think you would be and w- like compared to where you are now? I mean, for me, I never imagined or like thought that I would own my own business or have my own PR firm. Like I, that just never crossed my mind when I was younger or like when I graduated college. But I did think that, you know, I'm 32 now. I thought maybe I would have a ring on my finger. <laughs> <laughs> Before 32. Can we all agree to that? Uh, yeah. I, I, I had the exact timeline. I was 27 years old getting married. Mm. I was going to have three kids by the time I was 30. Wow. And I'm 30, not married, and thankfully no kids. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, I, I, I think you're, my whole life I envisioned like something totally different. And I think that like as much as like I would love that, I've also experienced we've, – we've experienced – so much that like some people that do that have, will never get this. And so, so true. I'm thankful for that. And I think luckily now, like in this day and age, I feel like it's okay to have, to wait till you're 35 to get married. And people are having babies at 40. My mom had her ba- another, her last child at 42. So 1000%. You know? And I also feel like all these people who got married young, they like, maybe might be regretting not living life a little bit. I agree. And like, I've heard of like my sister, older sister's friends, like, marriages are breaking up people are not staying together and i think that like luckily for us hopefully when we do get married we're gonna be god willing yeah we are (laughs) but like we're not gonna we're gonna be with one person hopefully and it's like we waited and it's like we 
we found the right person. But yeah. it is funny looking back because it is like I had the white picket fence and everything. And now I'm, you know, in a studio apartment in New York City. Like so different. Yeah. So different. Yeah. It is funny though. And I think I, I agree with you guys what you're saying. Like everybody has to experience this at one point, whether you're doing it now or if you're going to get divorced in a yeah. couple of years and do it now. I'm kind of like happy that we're getting this out of our system. I, I feel like I didn't realize how much fun we'd be having at this age you know I, yeah. I kind of thought so we have true. more responsibility like a house and kids and all that stuff so and I'm true. like we're still kind of like not in, in the thick of it <laughs> and I know the best part is that like if, when we do get married and like you know my, my sister's married now she still does what we do and like we're not we don't have to change our lives it's more just like you know it's gonna like be like a transition but it's not gonna be a total change like I like what you were saying like when I thought I would be married I'm like, oh, then going out is like over for me. But like yeah. now that I think about that now, like getting married now, I'm like, it's not going to really change for me. Like I still want to like have a good time with my girlfriends. I still want to like go do all the things that I've done in my 20s. So yeah, it doesn't have to end. Yeah. That's good. I think that like, that's like, you know, that's a mindset. It's like, a, you know, and it's, I think that the, the scary part is like putting a timeline on your life. Like I did that before. And I think if we just don't do that, then we're better off because yeah, it adds too much pressure. It does, and it's un- it's unnecessary. I mean, right. Like, everyone does things on their own time, and you can't compare yourself to anybody else. And Yeah. I heard this quote once. It was like, we're all going to the same destination. We're just taking different paths. So true. I love that. It is so true. <laughs> My path is like all over the place. <laughs> it's weird all over. It's all kinds of ways, yeah. but it's fine. <laughs> I totally, I think that's so true. You can't compare yourself to anyone else either. It's hard. Yeah. What, what would you guys say is some of the biggest lessons you've learned in your 20s? Oh, gosh. I know. It's a heavy, it's a heavy question. I feel like I'm still learning. It feels weird because I still don't feel like I'm, I'm 30, but I don't feel like I'm not 20. Like, I feel like I'm still in my 20s. <laughs> yeah. But I think for me, biggest lesson is kind of what we just talked about, that like, life you can't have there's no like exact path or timeline for anything and to not put pressure on myself to like be at a certain place because like everything that we're I is meant to be and like you know I think that's been like an adjustment but like I'm I'm happy that I'm here and just like being present and being happy with like where you're at instead of like right. counting the things that are wrong right I think for me, the biggest lesson I learned in my 20s was to just depend on myself Mm -hmm. and like, you know, not necessarily depend on even like a boss, you know, like, cause you don't know if you're going to leave that company and like, you know, you don't depend on, like, you can depend on your friends, like your really good girlfriends, like you guys, but like, don't depend on a guy because he'll probably let you down. (laughs) Very true. (laughs) I think that is, like, a really good point, like, to just be... Depend on yourself for your own happiness. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. That's a good one. I was thinking about this, and I was thinking, like, I feel like I learned a lot of financial lessons in my 20s just because I, like, screwed up a bunch and, like, spent all my money and then had to, like, save my money. Like, I think one of the best things I learned in my 20s was, like, how to put money away and like just keep stashing it because I you're really good at that Sarah. Yeah. that's like my one I actually need to take lessons from you <laughs> yeah. I go through like phases where I'm a stasher and then I'm a spender I'm a you know but you are really good at that yeah I happen to be in one of those phases right now where I'm like spending it all yeah. but that's okay yeah well no it's not <laughs> I feel like, kind of not I feel like as long as you know that like you have to have at some point you know a financial like you know cushion cushion then you're fine. Yeah. Because you know that. It's not like you don't have that concept. Yeah. But I think learning that concept is something that I think all of us learned in our 20s. such a good point, too. And it's like, 
Also, don't fuck up your credit because yeah. if you mess Ooh. your credit up, you cannot so live true. anywhere in New York. Uh, you can't get, you can't go far. Like, no. like, like a lot of people, you know, unless you live in New York, you don't know this, but in order to get a lease for an apartment, you have to prove 40 yes. times your monthly rent. Yeah, did everyone rent. hear that? 40, 40 times. 40 times your monthly rent, which is when you're in your 20s, you're like, it's impossible. what? Yeah. It's almost making impossible. $28,000 a year. No, I, I yeah. like literally my entire 20s had a guarantor for yeah. my apartment because I just could not prove 40 times yeah, yeah. my like my rent. Yeah, it, that is so true. Like, I think budgeting and like financial, just being savvy with like, you know, putting maxing out your 401k or like whatever it may be, like being smart with like, you know, thinking about the future is definitely something that you learn in your 20s. For sure. Or you, hopefully you do. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously. Another big one for me, too, is, um, like, realizing the types of relationships to put time and energy towards and ones that need to go. Like, I feel oh, like so in my early 20s, I would try and make things work with friends that were, like, not being good to me or, like, some toxic people in my life. Well, I was like, oh, well, we've been friends for a long time. I'm going to keep doing this. And then, yeah. like, you get to a certain point, you get older, you're like, wait, I actually don't need to do this that's so funny i just had that conversation with my little sister who's 22 and she's had some issues with some friends that she's been friends with since kindergarten and i'm like mia you've met people in new york that you've only known for two months and the way that you described the relationship with them is a hundred times better than those other friendships so like forget the time forget like what you think you have to do like if it's not serving you just don't put energy into it like right. there's no reason to do that and i think totally. that's very true about like I learned that lesson in my 20s with, yeah. with girlfriends. I'm still working on it when it comes to the boyfriends. <laughs> Same. <laughs> I don't know when to pull the ripcord. I gotta stop chasing fuckboys. <laughs> so true. All right, ladies. Well, thank you so much. Thanks for, having us. Thanks, Thanks for having us. Thanks for having us. Cheers. Cheers. Stay tuned. We'll be right back with our expert of the week, Paige Barasa. She's here to solve our big kid problem. So stay tuned. Let's be real. You can never have too much cash on hand and finding ways to make more money is always a big kid problem worth solving. Are you looking for a side hustle in 2019? What if I told you you could host wine tasting parties that raise money for a nonprofit of your choice and make a little cash at the same time? With One Hope Wine, you can do just that. Not only does One Hope offer delish award-winning wines, but they are dedicated to making the world a better place. Just to give you an example, we crushed two bottles of Sauv Blanc while recording this podcast, which actually helped plant two trees. Two trees. And that was only between three of us. Can you imagine the kind of impact you could have simply by getting a group of friends together to drink great wine? To become a One Hope Wine cause entrepreneur and start hosting your own wine parties, visit onehopewine.com slash join. Fill out the form and under How Did You Hear About Us, select Big Kid Problems. Again, that's onehopewine.com slash join. Cheers, big kids. All right. I am joined now by Paige Barasa. You may have recognized her. She's been on some Big Kid Problem Lives before. She is a health and wellness person. And just just tell the people what you do. Just just tell the people who you are. <laughs> so I am a licensed acupuncturist, a Chinese herbologist, a holistic nutritionist, a clinical Ayurvedic specialist. This is why like it's just so it's such a laundry list of things. Wow. But most importantly, soon to be a doctor. Oh girl. Yeah. All right. Doctor Paige Barasa. You know it. <laughs> Love my, it. My soul motivation. 
motivation for that is to tell people to do things and then be like, trust me, I'm a doctor. <laughs> that's like my only motivation. That's that's more than enough right? motivation that's what I think. that you need. I, I would do it for the Starbucks. I would just be like, what um, do you mean? You can, when you give your Starbucks order, you can be like, oh, just Dr. Oh, <laughs> absolutely. Just, okay. Also, just P.S. between us, I already have credit cards coming in like the yeah. <laughs> Like as soon as I signed up for the program, I was like, just change them to junk thing. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah. Love it. So wait, could I just change my credit card? Yeah, fuck yeah. Dr. You Merrill? actually, they didn't ask me for anything. <laughs> Amazing. And I was like, let's throw a third on there too. So I'm like, Dr. Paige Brass is the third. There's nobody in my fucking family with that. <laughs> and this is going to spiral into me just making up credit cards in a different name. 100%. And, get oh. yourself a Discover card. <laughs> okay. Whatever you need. Amazing. <laughs> Lots of good advice yeah. already. Uh, right. <laughs> on track as usual. Perfect. All right. So Paige, you, you are on our first episode. We're talking about what the hell a big kid problem even is. Yeah. But really, I mean, this kind of came from me not knowing what the hell I was doing when I was getting ready to graduate and kind of feeling really lost getting into adulthood. And that's like where a lot of this content came from. Like, is that normal? Is that like a me thing? Like, do you think that a lot of people suffer from that? Yeah, I think pretty much everybody suffers from that. And you know what's actually interesting is the people that I see that don't suffer from that, I think are the psychopaths. Like (laughs) in my practice, when somebody like walks in who's like 22 or 23 and is like, I just graduated and I'm getting engaged and everything is right on track. I'm like, oh my God, where are the bodies? No, exactly. Like if somebody, if somebody is thinks they have it all figured out so early on it's like there's only a a matter of time until shit gets weird or something happens like life just isn't isn't perfect like that right right and and basically like you are meant in life to do a whole trial and error like that is life it's testing pies okay and so you're not always going to find the perfect thing find the perfect job find the perfect man find all of the perfect things right off the bat and when you do the problem with that is that's perfect for that time and so what ends up happening is as you grow and change you grow out of those things. So it's better, in my opinion, to have a bunch of big kid problems and like fumble through your 20s and like fuck things up, fuck other people, you know, (laughs) like take magical voyages with your passport to like Peru on a random Thursday when you're blacked out and do an ayahuasca ceremony or, you know. getting oddly specific. (laughs) Or whatever. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, uh, My friend told me... (laughs) Yeah, but like, you know, have all these weird experiences so that like when you are ready to actually like, you know, adult a little bit, you've tried every flavor out there. That's true. And even when you are ready to adult a little bit, I think you can still expect to have some hiccups. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. There's there's definitely hiccups in in your uh, in your past. It's actually interesting. I, I mean, I know your kind of trajectory and how crazy it is, but um, the listeners Mm -hmm. probably don't. You know, you were obviously, we're sitting in your beautiful office in the middle of New York City, but like it wasn't always like that. No, not at all. Like my trajectory to like, you would say, quote, career success, because like, 
you know, you can say, oh, wow, like the practice is doing so well or whatever, but like really the trajectory, it looks like a fucking crayon squiggle of like a three-year-old, you know, it's not just like a solid line up. It's like, you know, doing crazy amounts of school and like eating somebody else's leftover top ramen because I couldn't even afford my own <laughs> and like, you know, slinging drinks at Lavo to try and like support myself enough to get the practice going even one day a week. Like there was a real struggle for like a lot of years to build this beautiful space we have in like this amazing place. And now people come and like think of this, their safe haven and their place to heal. You know, there's a lot of trips to Tijuana and mistakes <laughs> in between then and now that I've learned from. But yeah, you can look at the shiny product and be like, oh, wow, you know, like, look at what you built. But it's like, no, you don't know what's behind the curtain. Like you totally. don't know the roller coaster. And people are like, I have graduates actually like come out of school and are like, oh, I'd love to shadow you. And like, no, how you did this. And it's like, oh, honey, like I got out like eight years ago. Like I fell on my face so many times before I built this. It wasn't, you know, some like sugar daddy giving me $300,000 to like open my dream space. I wish. Right. Also, if you're out there, I'll still take it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> side note. Yes, I know. DM me. <laughs> no, I think that's so interesting. And I think that that is actually a big problem with, um, especially people who are coming into adulthood now is back a while ago, you didn't have social media no. to always have that comparison. And I think people always just see the the finished product. Like they see the beautiful studio and they don't see what was happening behind that. And that's kind of a problem. Like people, there's always just, I think this thing with like Instagram and scrolling through and it almost makes you feel worse. Like yeah. what, did, what is that about? I think it's just like, it's, you know, again, it's kind of speaking to that, you know, thinking that we need to have everything figured out notion that like everybody is like, okay, this is the perfect life. This is what the perfect job is like. And, and just thinking that like a, a happy person has like a perfect partner and a perfect, you know, emotional safety net of family and a perfect friend group and a perfect, you know, career path that they're in love with and like has pumpkin spice lines and like little boots and runs through like Central Park when like really like, you know, there's almost nobody that I know that I can say that all areas of their life are like ticking along at like a six through 10. Like really there's usually like some, some big gray areas. And I think social media unfortunately does a really good job of showing us what's around the world, but also showing us, you know, where our deficiencies are and really plays on our self-worth. So, you know, I always kind of um, challenge my patients when they're talking about, you know, self-confidence issues or like, you know, I'm not, I'm supposed to be married by now or, you know, my friends have children or whatever those kind of like sick timeline things that we, we hit on are, I'm, I'm trying to figure out like where those came from, you know, and in a lot of times it is comparing to social media. So I have like a little exercise that I ask people to go through and, um, and I ask them to, you know, rate their overall happiness, like broad strokes, happiness on life. So like, you know, this is just like today yeah. or this is like in general, like, like today where you're at, okay. because we're, we're basically, we're testing your emotional, like kind of health overall, just in a really quick exercise. So like today you had a good day, like Starbucks barista didn't fuck up your order. Like, <laughs> you know, got a text from the boyfriend, have a good day, babe. Like whatever it was, got to the job that you like semi hate, but like can still get through, you know, like you're just, you're doing, you're not pretty good. Okay. <laughs> yeah. You're doing, you're scraping on like a great day. Right. But like, like no bum peed on you. Right, exactly. Way. Nobody tried to stab you on the F train. <laughs> Solid. We're at an eight. <laughs> exactly. So, so right. So there's an eight. So then I asked the person to like, I'll, I'll tell my patient, like, you know, scroll through Instagram for about like five or 
10 minutes or whatever your usual scroll time is and then give me another reading on like where your happiness level is. Yeah. And I would say like the majority of the time, it's not higher than what it was. It's actually much lower. So like if you were at an eight, then after scrolling through and seeing like the girl with the ring and the babies, you know, who just like had her house in like Texas remodeled. And then like (laughs) the girl who like, you know, you whatever cocktail waitress with is like on a private jet with her like, you know, baseball boyfriend or whatever. You scroll through these things and you're like, oh, well, you know, I guess I got an okay coffee, but my boyfriend's balding and he doesn't have a jet. And you're like, all of a sudden you're at a three. That's so true. And that's bullshit. That's so interesting. I love that you are putting a number with it because it's actually like quantifiable. Because sometimes, sometimes I'll just be like, I'll find myself in an internet hole mm-hmm. and like I come out of it and I'm like, wow, I don't feel so good. No. But you don't really, you don't really like know why why and then yeah. maybe you're just taking it out maybe you're taking that out in like a different way maybe you like yell at your boyfriend later on and you yeah. like, don't know where that came from so I think I like that system I mm-hmm. think that's actually really interesting is like putting a number with it yeah. before and after keeping track yeah absolutely and then from there it's like if you know that it decreases your happiness level like more than two points like why are you spending time on that app yeah. then, then you need to really limit your time is is my opinion and of course like I am not an Instagram expert but I am a, a pretty good happy happiness expert because this is what I do for a living. But I would say like, you know, then we look at like who you're following and how much time you're spending on the app, you know? And like, I don't personally spend a lot of time Friday, Saturday, Sunday on the apps because I have more time in my day. So I do go into the wormholes. And then all of a sudden I go from like, oh, she's cool. She's making guacamole to like, oh, look at the avocados she like made. She picked them herself. Oh, in her bikini. Oh, with her boyfriend. Oh, in Turks and Caicos. Oh, on their (laughs) private island. Oh, with their four, you know, adorable puppies and, oh, three adorable babies. And then it's like, we went from guacamole to I have nothing. (laughs) (laughs) No, but I I think that there is definitely something into that. And and especially with Instagram, I mean, we hit on this a little bit, but you were talking about those timelines. Mm -hmm. And I kind of think that that's part of like, where a lot of this anxiety and stuff that we have, like where a lot of these big kid problems come from is we always think that we're supposed to be somewhere that we're not. Like, do you, do you think the timeline is detrimental? And like, what would you say to somebody who's suffering? I do. I do. And, and, you know, I honestly, I get like a lot of, oh my God, I'm going to call them young girls, but they're like girls in their twenties in my (laughs) thirties. I get a lot of children who come to me for wisdom. (laughs) Fuck. (laughs) I'm not that old. Um, so, so, but I get like a lot of um, women in their 20s who come and like are having a ton of anxiety about like, you know, I, now I'm 25. I've been in the workforce for a couple of years. I'm freaking out because I, you know, don't have the job I love. I'm like dating a bunch of finance assholes who like all, you know, want to go to bounce on Sunday and just like do shots of Jaeger and like have sex with bottle girls. Nothing wrong with that. But, um, you know, and they were the shots of Jaeger. That's yeah, great. gross. That was, see, this shows my age again. What are the kids drinking? Um, but I think again, like, you know, your, your, all of your anxiety and all of your anguish is coming from this, this unrealistic timeline that you put on yourself that at 25, like you need to be in this career that you're loving with this like partner that you're loving in this life that you're loving in this apartment that you're living. Like, holy shit, we have to like, now we even have to have like a magic bullet that we're loving. We have to have like the right kind of coffee, the right kind of like everything, you know? And it's just, I think it's, it's a horrible thing 
to do to ourselves. And I think that the only timelines that you can really put in place that I think, you know, help you are ones that you are completely in control of. And so like, let me be very clear on that. Like a partner timeline is not something you're completely in control of a, a timeline that you mean, like when you think, uh, you should move in together or like, yeah, like yeah. none of that, like a timeline that you're going to, that I would encourage somebody to stick to would be something like goal oriented. Like I will have, you know, made partner at my firm by whatever, 35 or something, because that's going to give you a, a positive goal to drive towards that. You're going to work your ass off. You know what I mean? Right. And that's like something measurable that you can like, you can control in, in more ways than, than one, you know? Yeah. And like, so some more like career goals, you know, as far as like marriage and kids and all of that, like you can, you don't know, like the amount of people that I've met and like in my practice and otherwise that, you know, uh, think that they're on a good timeline. And then all of a sudden, you know, the guy turns around and oh, he's like, Oh, by the way, I'm bisexual. No, actually I'm gay. Like, how <laughs> would you account for that? Like that actually happened to one of my patients the other no day. No way. Yeah. And they've been married like two years and she's like, yeah, we're like, Oh, they are already married. Yeah. But they're in their twenties. And like, he was, you know, she was like, I always thought he was like a kind of a free spirit. And you know, apparently that meant free spirit anally like you know I'm nothing against that but like that is not something that you put your in your Barbie dream house like we're gonna put like an extra wardrobe for my husband just in case (laughs) that's so true and that actually gets to another point I wanted to talk to you about is um what happens when let's say you 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 start on a specific timeline or I know we're talking about timelines but what happens if you are doing stuff in your life and you wake up one day and you realize you're not happy doing that thing. Like you have put in a lot of time and effort into a job or into a relationship and you're like, wait a second, I'm gay. (laughs) (laughs) You know, how do you cope? I'll I'll make it. How how do you cope with um, coming up with some of those harsher truths that you, you are realizing? Yeah. And how do you kind of like come out from that? So, I mean, I feel like that's a fucking, it's a heavy that's a fucking lot. Yeah. <laughs> what do we got? Like three minutes? Okay. Let me fix the world problems. You got cure for cancer and world hunger too. That's next. That's yeah. next. Amazing. Um, keep listening. So I think that really taking like a regular inventory of how happy and satisfied you are in each of your, instead of having timelines, kind of split your life up into sections, you know? And so it's like, maybe it's like the partner section, the spirituality section, emotional wellness section the fitness section, kind of like split it up into sections that are important in your life and then take regular kind of checkpoints of like how happy you are. So like, for example, you know, you could be like for me right now, you know, like I'm pretty happy in my career. Things are going really well. So like I'd score that kind of like it's an eight out of 10, like it's only getting better. It's only going up. So that's awesome. So I can keep putting the same momentum there in my, in my personal life, in my relationship, like I'm going through like a horrific breakup. Right. So yeah, it's, sucks. And it happens even in your thirties folks. So, um, so, you know, for me, that's like, okay, the partner areas are, like, it's a negative eight, but like, that's something that, you know, I, the cool thing is I can, I can score that a negative eight now, but like in a month it might be like a zero. And even though that's still shitty, it's not a negative eight. You right. Know I mean? So, so by kind of giving it broad stroke scores and keeping checking in, you can see that you're making progress. Right. Even though you might not feel great about a situation, yeah. any progress. Totally. Like, like last week I wasn't eating and I like wanted to get hit by a bus, but this week <laughs> I had lunch, <laughs> you know, like, Progress. yeah, no, but you have to like, these are things you really have to commend yourself on, you know? And as far as like, I think a lot of, 
youngsters, um, <laughs> like they they get stuck in the like not ideal job situation, and that's like I I feel like for twenty somethings, it's always like either the partner or the job stuff, mm-hmm. and so for like the job, you know, like if you're not feeling happy and fulfilled and you're in a job that, you know, you're going to be stuck in for a while, like what little changes can you make to just make it incrementally better? So you're going from a two satisfied to a three satisfied while you look for something that really ignites your passion, something that you're really interested in and something that you could make a 10 out of 10, you know, it doesn't mean, and I think this is the thing with like millennials and I am one that, um, (laughs) that we just think we hit a fucking button and everything's good. Right. You know, it's like, okay, I'm not happy here. I need to be in a 10 out of 10 happiness job like right now. And I need a headhunter to find it for me right this second. Like that's not super realistic. Like, I'm sorry, you know, dreams and Instagram, like that's something you kind of have to work at. So how can you make your current situation incrementally better? And what things, changes in mindset can you make right now so that you can start to manifest and like work on the 10 out of 10 situation, you know? Yeah. So not thinking it's like complete, you know, fucking utter panic and despair or like absolute 10 out of 10 happiness. Like how can you're in charge of that? Like how do you move the needle? Right. I love that because, and, and I think that's really helpful because at least for me, sometimes something will be going wrong in life and I'll just be like, Oh my God, my life sucks. Right. So I like how you, um, are suggesting to kind of take inventory of all those sections because yeah, maybe you're, you're hating your job and it's like, you feel like your 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 whole life is terrible, but right. actually maybe you just had a bad egg salad yeah. <laughs> that day <laughs> to share the co-ed restroom and are right. really embarrassed. But that's not your job. That's your large intestine. Right. <laughs> not exactly where I was no, going, no, no, but sorry. you know, I think we were kind of in the same sphere. Yeah. Um, but like also making sure like don't don't obsess about it and don't check in every day. Right. It's not a like, well, today I'm a two and yesterday was a one. So like basically I'm a one and a half. Like, no, like check in every month. Like don't drive yourself fucking crazy. Right. You know, don't like start putting it in your diary every night, but just check in every month. And if it's not getting incrementally better, like who's in charge of that? Right. And then also focus on the things, the other categories that are doing well and, and celebrate that. Totally. Yeah. 100%. I think you're good at that too. Um, I'm not. Aren't you? <laughs> I, I, I like, we celebrate lots of. I mean, stuff. Uh, yeah, I, I I can always do better. You know, okay. like, I try to. I I do. I'm always. I'm like low key into like trying to always be improving. Yeah. And and sometimes that um, is great. Mm-hmm. And then other times it's like I can be really harsh right. on myself, which I think is a lot of people do. Definitely. Yeah. Definitely. But I just feel like every time I see you, like something else is kind of like popping up and being like, you're excited about it, which I love. Like, you know, it's like for you, you're kind of grabbing onto like new opportunities all the time. And I think that's the right behavior is to have like the glass half full, like, okay, let's try this. Let's try this instead of like, oh, that won't work. That yeah. Won't work, you know? Yeah. Well, totally. That's all. I mean, that's why, that's why this podcast, that's why we're on this podcast. That is right why now. we're on this podcast. You know, always are just trying. And that's, it? <laughs> yeah, we are. Um, side note, we recorded this. <laughs> entire podcast and then I realized I hadn't pressed the start and it button. was so amazing it was actually way better than way better <laughs> you guys are getting the B version it was way better than this shit yeah you guys just heard. Sorry. like a lounge singer <laughs> yeah. 
Tip you your know, waitress. I forgot where I... I had a really good point. Sorry. <laughs> also, we both have ADHD, which makes talking to us really fun. <laughs> I know. So that's kind of like what I like to think about. Like even even with this podcast, like doing something like... I, even if you don't know the answer at the end of the day or where you want to go, I always kind of come back to the whole like taking baby steps. Like taking like one... Just putting one freaking yeah. foot yeah. in front of the other. Yeah. And you don't necessarily need to know where that's going to go, but you just need to be constantly taking like progressive steps. Yeah. Constantly be like open. It's just like, honestly, when I have like somebody who's, when I have a patient who's just like a glass half empty person, I go home and I'm like, okay, you need to watch. I don't go home with them. That would be weird. But I tell them to go home (laughs) to their own house. It's so successful. It is, you know, those in-home treatments. Um, (laughs) So I told them to go home and watch Yes Man. Yes Man? Yes Man by Jim Carrey. With Jim Carrey. Oh, wow. Yeah. And it's like a dumb movie, but the premise is like you just say yes. Okay. And so like the cool thing is if you have that mindset where like you're just like, yeah, sure, I'll try that. Yeah, sure. Like the amount of times that I've been like, oh man, don't want to do this, don't want to do this, don't want to do this. And then I'm like, fuck it. And I just say yes. And then I'm like, oh my God, like I met somebody who was so cool and interesting or like, oh my God, I never thought of something that way. It's it's really amazing. Like it works. I would say like 80% of the time I'm surprised by something I learn or find or like a little gem just by, you know, doing a new opportunity and like taking a risk. And I think that's what your twenties is about. Yeah. I you love can't do that. that shit when you're 80. Well, you can, but it's, you know, filled with whatever STDs in a home. <laughs> but- <laughs> Say yes, then. One can dream. (laughs) One day. (laughs) No, I love that. I think that's great. And just say yes. I think that's a good. Yeah. And all of this was really helpful. Paige, if somebody wants to find you, where can they find you on the social meds? So on the social meds, I am at the AccuChick. So it's T H E A C U C H I C K. Wow, that was really hard. I'm um, impressed. Right? I can't even spell my own like last name out no, loud. I can't spell yours either. Is it two R's, two L's? Yep. Oh, I can't Girl. spell. Is this because I'm a doctor soon? <laughs> yeah, that's what it is. I'm, I'm like doctor smart now. <laughs> yeah. Let's see if I can count without my fingers. Yeah, um, Paige is actually, because um, I think we, this was on the last podcast oh, that we, <laughs> we didn't record. <laughs> But uh, Paige has had an amazing um, transformative last decade, and it brought her from serving bottles at Lavo to now about to becoming a doctor. See? So don't ever tell any cocktail waitress or stripper she's not going to school because she (laughs) fucking is. Do you hear that, people? She is. I got the student loans to prove it. Amazing. So, yeah. um, So they can find me at the AccuChick and then the... um, the practice where we heal everybody's problems from pain to emotional trauma to digestive issues to literally anything under the sun is at Shen Medicine. So it's S-H-E-N and then medicine is M-E-D-I-C-I-N-E. Wow. Wow. <laughs> Two spelling. Dr. Varasa. Well, that sounds like you are the place to go to for our big kid problem solutions. Mm-hmm. So, oh my God, I just realized we weren't recording. You're kidding. I am kidding. I know. <laughs> Your face was like, no, that's not funny. That's not funny. That's not funny. I tried to get you. I'm sorry. the third time she did that. <laughs> no. This is going to be really successful. No, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> thank you so much for coming on thank and you for doing, me. doing this twice. And we'll see you next time. Yeah. Thank you. All right. That is a wrap on episode one. 
Thank you so much for joining us. I hope you guys liked that. I hope you took something away from the episode. If anything, I hope you learned what the fuck the big kid problem is, or at least maybe feel better about having some. Um, I want to take the opportunity to thank our panelists again, Lindsay Hubbard, Lauren Workus, um, as well as our expert of the week, Paige Barasa. You ladies are awesome. Thank you so much for being my guinea pigs. If you want to hear more from these ladies, um, I have all their information in our show notes, so check them out. You can also find me at Big Kid Problems or at Sarah A. Merrill underscore. That's my personal if you want to slide in my DMs. But really, I do. Would, I would love to hear from you guys what you thought of this first episode, if you liked it. We have a really fun season ahead. We're covering a lot of topics. We have a lot of really great people who somehow agreed to be on this show. So it's going to be funny. It's going to be informative. Um, I learned a lot recording these so I hope you will come back next week tell your friends Uh, if you want to screenshot this and throw it up on your IG stories maybe I'll shout you out I don't know could be cool but I am very excited to have you and appreciate you spending this time with me and I hope you'll come back next week so until then I'm Sarah signing off and have a good one bye